最前沿的科学研究。Robots. When I hear this word, I imagine some wiry network, hard human-sized machines like the Spot Mini robots, who can jump, crawl, talk, swim, or even carry out complex tasks in outer space. But when it comes to the human body, is it possible to design robots to navigate the human anatomy? Yes, in fact, you can. The robot we are talking about today could potentially be used to deliver clot-reducing therapies against stroke or other brain blockages, or they could potentially be remotely operated by surgeons in a minimally invasive procedure for previously inaccessible lesions in the human brain. But to tie this imagination with reality, we need untethered, flexible, sub-millimeter scale robots that are able to pass through our narrow, delicate, intertwined cerebral vessels. They also have to be biocompatible with adaptability, precise directional steering, and navigating capabilities. This was made possible by an MIT group led by Dr. Xue Hezhao, who created a magnetic soft continuum robot, very much like a thread. This research was published in Science Robotics in August this year. And today on Science Rehashed, we are going to hear all about it from Dr. Zhao himself. Dr. Zhao is an associate professor in the Department of Mechanical Engineering at MIT. He holds expertise in solid mechanics, soft material technology, 3D printing, just to name a few, and has published over a hundred papers. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Zhao. To tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are now. I got my bachelor degree in electrical engineering. And then my master degree in material engineering, then PhD degree in mechanical engineering, and a postdoc training in biomedical engineering. During my PhD and postdoc training, I work with soft materials, but、I、study their fundamental properties. For example, how they respond under electric field,、uh, how hydrogel swell. And for postdoc training, I actually worked with、uh, Professor David Mooney. In his lab, I understand more disease-driven、uh, research. Once I establish my own lab, initially it's still studying fundamentals of、uh, soft materials. But as the project evolve, we focus more and more on societal impacts of the materials that we developed. That's how eventually we come to this project. You and your team really focus on solving biological concerns by combining knowledge on mechanics, robotics, and material science. And this interdisciplinary nature is very exciting, but also very challenging. Can you please tell us about your motivation to apply your engineering expertise in the field of health? My group、uh, is focused on the interface、uh, between humans and the、uh, machines. Uh, we are advancing the science and technology on this、uh, interface. The opportunity that、uh, we see on this interface, there are two folds. On one hand, we see a、uh, great progress in terms of understanding and engineering a、uh, human body, such as、uh, biology, genetics, modern medicine. On the other hand, we see a、uh, similar progress in terms of the design and development of machines. Uh, however, we see a huge gap in between, and we see、uh, great opportunities on this interface. This gap between、uh, humans and the machines can be further filled 
with uh, new technology. One application on this interface, obviously, is uh, in biomedical application. We harness the most advanced technology developed in the domain of machines, apply them to human body to achieve better health of society. What are the limitations of the medical robots right now? Uh, in general, the limitation is actually uh, the fundamental contradictory properties of a human body and the machines. Uh, human body, right, except the teeth, bones, and nails, is made of soft tissues. So they are hydrogels, polymer network infiltrated with water. So it's soft, it's wet, it's living. On the other hand, common machines, they are made of rigid, hard, dry, non-living materials. So these fundamentally contradictory properties cause this dramatic limitation. More specifically, uh, in terms of our robots, the limitation is uh, really existing uh, medical robots using the approach of minimal invasive operation. If you look at the operation end, it's still quite a rigid tools. On the other end, uh, we have some this uh, endovascular surgery devices, such as the manually controlled guide wire. The tip is made of uh, soft materials, such as elastomers. However, the surgeons need to uh, manually twist this guide wire to navigate it inside the blood vessel. Then the surgeon need to uh, work very close to the patient. Uh, at the same time, uh, you know, the patient is under X-ray scanning for imaging. Uh, then the surgeon actually receive lots of radiation. Another limitation is in a big city like Boston, you know, we have enough uh, surgeons to operate these uh, time-sensitive patients, such as uh, stroke patients. However, in rural areas, we just intrinsically do not have enough surgeons. And if you transport those patients to a major hospital in a large city like Boston, then the golden hour for the treatment of uh, a stroke, for example, may already pass. Just to define this, the golden hour, you're trying to remove the clots within the first 90 minutes yeah. after the stroke. Yeah, the golden hour we refer to, especially for this ischemia stroke, is really the uh, 90 minutes after uh, the occurrence of a stroke. Uh, if a patient can be treated, then uh, this stroke may be even reversible. So, uh, you know, you can even fully recover from the stroke. However, once you pass this uh, 90 minutes, if it's a few hours after the stroke, then the permanent damage to the brain already falls. And we know that stroke is the number five cause of death in the United States. And if we can treat the acute stroke within the first 90 minutes, that can increase the survival rate significantly. Currently, every 30 seconds, there is one patient suffered from a stroke in U.S., uh, so that's the uh, number one cause of uh, long-term disability in the U.S. And uh, in China, that's the number one cause of uh, both deaths and the long-term disability. And uh, a majority of drug patients actually uh, cannot receive timely treatment due to the unavailability of doctors around them. Your hope was with the paper that just published in the Science Robotics to design a device that can reverse the blood clots in the vasculature of the brain within the 90 minutes. The development that we call the thread robot, we invented. The goal for this robot is really to empower doctors so that 
they can operate on patients remotely in another room, even in another city. Two motivations for this uh, robot. Number one, for rural area to purchase this kind of uh, equipment instead of hire very expensive neurosurgeons to treat uh, stroke patients. Number two, even for existing neurosurgeons, they don't need to work directly under this X-ray radiation so that at least they can work in another room. Then it's really how to control guideware, very thin robot, like a thread, how to guide its navigation and the steering. What is a thread robot? So the thread robot is thin, soft fiber composed of polymer matrix with magnetic particles embedded inside and then you will magnetize this uh, thread robot when you apply a magnetic field from outside you can bend this uh, robot in the way that you want then you can really guide the inside blood vessel system so the diameter of this guide wire is uh, on the order of 100 to 500 microns so it's uh, very thin the tip of all guide wire is a strip it's now j-shaped this uh, strip guide wire either place to find a branch of the blood vessel to navigate to, we apply an external magnetic field to bend this guideware. Then smoothly, you can navigate this guideware inside the blood vessels. All this uh, can be done under the control of applied magnetic field. We do not need a surgeon to twist this guideware from outside. And how do you prevent the thread robot from piercing through the blood vessel? If you want a robot to navigate in very delicate blood vessels, you really want to make sure it will treat the lesion area instead of cause damage to the blood vessel. Conventional guide wire is this J-shaped guide wire. In many situations, the tip of the guide wire is dragging on the blood vessel in order to guide it throughout the blood vessel. That actually, there is a possibility cause rupture of the blood vessel. All guide wire, the tip is straight. Uh, and we apply external magnetic field. In most of the case, we make sure the tip of the guide wire is uh, far away from the wall of the blood vessel during this uh, navigation. That's uh, number one. Number two, we carefully control the advancing of the guide wire, again, to prevent it pierce on the blood vessel or even get in contact with the blood vessel. To prevent friction to, with the blood to, vessels. Yeah. So number two is contact. Number three, we actually designed a hydrogel coating for this guide wire so that to reduce the friction coefficient of this guide wire 10 times, then you have a very slippery thread inside blood vessel to reduce the friction. Mm -hmm. So a combination of these three points, we showed this really very smooth navigation of this guide wire inside this uh, real size mock blood vessels of the brain. It's made from a CT scanning of patients, the real architecture of the blood vessels, even aneurysm of the patients, and then we can smoothly navigate inside those blood vessels without piercing or without significant friction. So when you design the magnetic field, you have to figure out if initially how much of it to apply and throughout the body, there's thick vessels and thinner vessels lined with different types of tissue. And so how do you kind of model that before you start the procedure? The reason we choose to use magnetic field to control the robot is that human body actually is transparent to magnetic field. Right? We do MRI, we do this kind of a magnetic field based diagnosis. 
magnetic field is unshielded by human body, unlike an electric field. Secondly, this level of a steady magnetic field is very safe to human body. It's on the order of 100 millitesla. So it's very safe to human body. Independent of the thickness or the configuration of the blood vessel, we apply the same type of field strength. It's only how you change the direction of this field then you can control the bending of this guide wire inside the blood vessel to navigate to the branch of blood vessel that you want. Fascinating. Uh, I'm coming back to where you mentioned how you could prevent friction with the blood vessels. How you manage the blood viscosity? In the experiment, we used simulated blood with a similar level of viscosity as real blood to simulate the environment inside a blood vessel. And we actually observe the friction between the guide wire and the blood is much lower than the friction between the guide wire and the blood vessel, which is also the case in existing guide wires. So then we focus a reduction of the friction between the guide wire and the blood vessel instead of the friction between GADWA and the simulated blood. One point is how you test the robots and how you can model the blood vasculatures in the human brain. In the current study, we mainly test the navigation. So we want to drive this thread robot across very complicated patterns or structures of the blood vessel in the brain. Yeah. This is not a real brain. This is not a real brain. We haven't done animal tests yet. So if we want to discuss a future study, the direct next step is to add the functionality into this thread robot. Actually, we did that in the paper as well. Uh, for example, we can add optical fiber as the functional core of this robot. Then once you achieve a certain lesion area of the blood vessel, you can deliver laser uh, to there for potential treatment. In future study, we will also try to deliver drugs, even deliver catheters to those places for different types of treatment. So based on my understanding, the robotic thread can be multifunctionalized, meaning that features can be added. For example, you can have a synergistic effect of delivering clot-reducing drugs or break-up blockage with specific drugs. Exactly. So to clean the clot is the major goal. Right. Uh, however, at the same time, this system is really multifunctional. For example, uh, we already demonstrated we can deliver laser while a functional core of optical fiber to specific location of a blood vessel. We are very confident we can deliver drugs even deliver this kind of uh, coils for embolization of aneurysm. Mm -hmm. So uh, these will be uh, future tasks. We believe that this will make the system more complicated. We're going to the point that where you need a very expert surgeon to deliver a specific dose of drugs or a specific laser to remove the clot. Currently, the need for the surgeon in the surgery room is to twist this delicate guide wire. It's really for the navigation. So that's a technology plus art. For the treatment part, that can be standardized. So as long as you can navigate to the side, I believe uh, the need for surgery for those operations can really be remotely operated. 
currently stroke patients need to be moved to the to very advanced hospital yes. to be treated. Yes. So this will give us hope that in the near future, hopefully, they can be treated in very remote areas. Yes. Our vision is this. Eventually, this system will be something similar to intuitive uh, surgery. Instead of using these rigid uh, arms, it will be thread like a robot, especially for endovascular uh, you know, treatment. Then for the surgeons, especially under this broadband communication, can operate it in a remote city. Then in rural area, you may have this kind of treatment center with a surgeon in another city to remotely operate. The key is to make this task very simple and straightforward, enabling remote operation. Uh, we even hope many of this process uh, can be automated. The comparison I would like to make is uh, you know, autonomous car right, on the street. Right? So, Any AI will be involved? Uh, yes, so uh, we are developing this AI technology to navigate cars on the street. Uh, however, on the street, there are lots of complicated events, right? On the other hand, in the blood vessel of patient, we can do a fluoroscope or CT scanning to get a very clear roadmap of the blood vessel before the surgery. This kind of emergent event will be much fewer than something on the street. Right? The situation for the blood vessel may be even simpler than the situation for autonomous uh, drive. With the development of AI technology, we may be able to leverage technology from the domain of machines uh, to apply that to the domain of a human. We are not replacing surgeons. I need to emphasize that. We need a surgeon. We are empowering surgeons so that one surgeon can help many, many patients in the similar time and even remotely. There is an obvious societal impact. Everyone in this game is really trying to push this forward. On the one hand, this is extremely challenging. Uh, on the other hand, I'm very hopeful for the success. And besides the advanced technology that the, the robots hold for clearing the clots, it's a minimally invasive surgery. To the best of my knowledge, the mini robots will be inserted through the leg or the groins of the patients and then will be navigated through the brain vasculature. Yes, exactly. So this will be minimal invasive incision. Currently, it's inserted through the leg because the path is simpler, but a, a more desirable path is uh, through the arm really because it's shorter, so you have less friction, uh, but uh, the navigation is more complicated. However, for the thread robot we developed, uh, such level of complexity for navigation is really simple. So that, uh, you know, in future, we may even enable shorter distance of operation under this uh, minimal invasive operation. This technology may open many new avenues, not only for treatment of a stroke, but many endovascular or intervascular operation. I just want to go back and ask a little more about the details of the robot. In terms of diameter, it's on the order of 100 to 500 micrometer. In terms of length, the robot can be quite long. It's like the existing guide wires, but the tip of this robot is on the order of a few centimeters, which is a magnetic active. Then you can apply magnetic field to bend it or to navigate to the branch of the blood vessel that and in comparison to the J-shaped guide wires, is it smaller? Or uh, in terms of diameter, they can be the same. We can make it smaller, but uh, currently we didn't see a need. So the key difference is the tip is straight. You really do not touch blood vessels. 
So I would like to touch base on a point that you mentioned before about mapping the vasculature. Just looking ahead in the future, are we creating another vasculature map like a genome atlas? The answer probably is no. For different patients, they have, especially in details, very different structures. But such imaging can be quick. So one challenge for developing this robotic system is really how to integrate the imaging system of this external control so that you can control this robot. And are you planning to test the system with any animal studies or human clinical trials? Yes, we are currently further improving the technology. We plan to test it in a parceling model. So instead of patient directly, uh, hopefully in a couple of years. After that, we may translate the technology towards clinical test in patients. And the focus will be stroke patients? Current focus will be stroke because that's really time-sensitive. Stroke is more straightforward to treat. And if you would like to be very optimistic, how long you think the technology will take to translate from the bench to the bedside? Probably uh, 10 to 15 years. Maybe faster, but uh, I do not want to be too ambitious in terms of the time scale. By the way, uh, let me emphasize, there are already FDA-approved devices or robots. It's just that they are too large to navigate inside the blood vessel of the brain. This should accelerate the process of the FDA approval, hopefully yes. in the future. We believe since there are already precedent there and there are already successful cases there, uh, we hope this will help this uh, translation process about the biocompatibility of the skin of the robots, which is a hydrogel. Could you please comment on that? Biocompatibility is uh, very important. This is uh, not a long-term indoration of uh, the device in the body. Currently for the hydrogel skin, actually uh, we use materials that has been used in FDA-approved applications. And uh, we did an in vitro test of the biocompatibility of that hydrogel coating. So the, the, the biocompatibility is a very generic name these days, and everybody's yeah, using yeah, it yeah, in yeah. different papers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it looks like, like an umbrella yeah. term yeah, yeah, everybody yeah, says yeah. is biocompatibility. Yeah. However, we know for certain that biocompatibility needs to be checked with the specific tissues, with the specific yeah. organs, with the specific cell types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you planning to... Uh, yeah. Biocompatibility needs to be checked for specific application. A material or a device is biocompatible for this application. Before we do even animal test, we will do systematic biocompatible check. Uh, but uh, again, this is uh, a short term. Uh, we are confident that uh, this will be biocompatible for this application. We talked a lot about the application of your technology in medicine and surgery. Have you thought about applying it in other basic sciences? This technology can be applied to any operations in an enclosed space. Uh, so in that sense, there may be other potential applications, but we have not explored that. I think biomedical or this application on the interface between humans and the machines probably will be the major application of this technology. We talked about using an external magnetic field on the outside to guide these wires. So I'm imagining an operating room, and there's a lot of different other equipments that are magnetic, potentially. Would you imagine that using your device require a special room kind of designed 
for your particular equipment so that it doesn't interfere with the magnetic field? This is one potential limitation of this technology. In this endovascular operation, right, possibly we don't need many other equipments or devices inside that room. Again, uh, there are already existing equipment to apply such a magnetic field. So they already designed such an environment for this heart surgery that you can operate this uh, device uh, with the patient in it and uh, do not interfere with other you know, operations such as imaging or other you know, uh, operations. And then the magnetic field, how does that look? Existing one, uh, a few options use a pair of permanent magnets uh, to rotate coupled with imaging system. Even simpler one, just use a robotic arm grabbing one magnet, apply this field, even it's non-uniform, but you can still easily control the guide work. Again, this is already a relatively mature technology. I would like to touch base on the stroke patients. When the patient has the stroke and need to be transferred to the hospital and then be diagnosed with the stroke within that golden hour, within the 90 minutes, do you imagine a time the technology would be available at home? At home, I don't know, but in an equipped ambulance, I can imagine it's possible. Instead of have medical centers with this equipment, you may have this ambulance, hopefully, that can do the treatment. I didn't see any roadblock for this to become true. And hopefully, if it's not going to be true in a CPR fashion, hopefully it will be in all outpatient clinics. Thank you very much Thanks. for Thank a you. very Thank fascinating you. discussion Delighted. on this technology. Delighted. Thank you for listening to our episode today. And we have more exciting scientific discussions coming up soon. Stay tuned on Science Rehash Podcast. Please review us on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. 